You're listening to audio from the Decidedly Podcast. For more information, find us on Instagram at Decidedly Podcast. All right, it's another Make My Decision episode. So you've got some Reddit posts that we're going to sift through and I'm going to control the lives of strangers on the internet <laughs> by making their decision. We're going to give it a shot. The uh, The first one that I've got is from uh, RCube123 and it's decision making based on consumer reviews. You know, the little consumer reviews, they give you one star. Yeah. Sure. Five star. Yeah. I, like a Yelp, I, Yelp I had an experience so bad one time I went around and created multiple accounts <laughs> just, to gave, make, just, just to <laughs> give more one-star reviews to oh, this that's, uh, that's that's horrible that's so petty okay well, i felt violated okay and so i wanted everybody to know and i went around the country to other out other organizations in their company like uh, other franchise other franchise and other oh, locations gosh. and uh just posted horrible reviews and uh, one of them actually responded that like, hey, um, we don't show you actually as a customer. <laughs> <laughs> oh, they caught me. I'm like, yeah, because your whole organization stinks from top to bottom. Okay. I left it on there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So what was this person wanting to know? All what right. was their question? Like many people, when making a large purchase decision or financial commitment, I go to uh, consumer reviews to see what others are saying about the product or service in question. No matter how good a product or service is, everyone will have a different experience, which affects the overall user review. For example, if a product review on Amazon has mostly five-star reviews, there's always a small percentage of people giving it a one or two. Or when looking at apartments to rent, no matter how good the place is, it'll always be those who have something to complain about. Maybe those gave poor reviews, had a terrible experience, or maybe they nitpicked about certain details. Maybe their standards are too high and the slightest flaw led them to give a poor review. Or maybe whenever people complained about uh, uh, whatever they complained about might not be such a big deal. Could all these lead to biased results and make it hard to make an informed decision? Um, Yeah, obviously they can lead to biased results. I guess they can make it hard to make an informed decision. What I do when I'm sifting through a lot of reviews or comments or, you know, noise, this can kind of manifest itself in life in general, not only on the Yelp review page, but all my friends are saying this is awesome. But, you know, the other half of my friends are saying this is terrible. Well, listen to the specifics, read the specifics of the reviews, right? If they have a lot of five-star reviews, but nobody comments anything about why it's five-star worthy, maybe it's not a reliable review. Um, If there's a bunch of people saying one star, this sucks. That's not very thoughtful. No, it's not a thoughtful review. You know, who knows? It could be someone who uh, walked into um, Del Frisco's Steakhouse and was mad that the prices were too high and they said one star. Right. Well, you know. Right. Well, then you don't deserve to get to review. I don't know why you were upset. Maybe you had the wrong expectations. So I only read the ones that are long and I go, okay, if I'm getting a theme about something that's negative, maybe I don't view that thing as negative. For example, oh, the prices are too high at this wonderful steakhouse. Well, I'm going to not care because I want to, I want to go to the best steakhouse. If they're saying, Hey, the steaks are all cooked medium well, no matter how you order them, 
and I see a few reviews like that, I'm going to go, ooh, yeah, that's I don't a different like deal. that. Right. I don't want that to happen. Um, there have been plenty of times where like something's gone wrong with some company that I've, you know, hired or worked with or been a customer of. I go back and read the reviews to go make my own little petty stupid review. <laughs> I go, damn it. I should have read these, man. Oh. They're telling me exactly what's that going on. That would have prevented the uh, yeah. exact experience that I, uh, that I got. Yeah. All right. So, so you're saying basically look Just for, read them. look for specificity, yeah. throw out the, uh, that this sucks kind of reviews and look for specificity on quality issues, not just general experience. Specificity uh, should come with everything that you're going to be critical. Like if I'm going to be critical of something, I should challenge myself to be specific as well. I had a friend who had an employee that was just really frustrating him. And I'm like, well, what's, what's frustrating? Well, he's just bad at his job. How? Yeah. And he couldn't, he had to stop and think. I'm like, wait, you've already formed an opinion that basically this guy is one star worthy, right? Right. And you don't even really, you hadn't really thought explicitly why. Now, maybe there's a reason, right? Maybe when he thought about it, he could find something. But before you, I think before you label something good or bad or otherwise, simply know why that's the case. You know, I would, uh, I, I would echo that when I, when I would talk with employees, I always was conscious to not give them a positive, you know, a compliment that was too general, like, Hey, you know, doing really, great, doing great, you <laughs> yeah. know, like, cause they want to know like, what am I doing great at? I'm turning yeah. in these reports on time. I'm showing yeah. up early. I'm, you know, working hard. I'm smiling when people go by the desk, you know, give them the, the specifics that you want to have them repeat. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think sometimes you can look at reviews and they're just BS. I, I read a review of Wolf of Wall Street one time and it said there weren't enough wolves. That's and, funny. Yeah, thanks. So, That's a good one. Um, so anyway, all right. You ready for another one? And accurate. All right. Yeah, next. it is accurate. Uh, the next is from Mary underscore DTA. Uh, difficult to take decisions. I'm struggling to make decisions quick from simple ones like what to eat to more harder ones what it says to more harder ones like changing jobs mostly because i'm thinking about all the consequences of those decisions how do people how do you people you how do you people mean by you people i don't know what she means by you people uh not think about all the possibilities and make decisions so how do you people not think Um, about all the possibilities and make decisions first of all first of all this is a first world problem of all first world problems i can't decide what to eat Man, you get to decide. <laughs> You're already pretty lucky. Oh man, when I was growing up, I did not get to decide what to eat. Yeah. If I didn't eat, I remember one time vividly, I did not eat my dinner because I, I didn't like it. It was like, you know, maybe it was like, you know, peas and meatloaf or something like that. Uh-huh. So I was like, uh-huh. I didn't want it. And my dad was like, Yeah, okay, that's okay. You don't have to eat it. He goes, just go out, you know, go out and play. That's fine. I was like, <laughs> awesome. This sweet. My life is rocking. So I went out and played. And went to bed, got up the next morning. Guess what we were having for breakfast? (laughs) (laughs) I had that. I had peas and meatloaf. (laughs) And he goes, you're going to keep seeing this plate until you eat it. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah, not allowed to be a picky. No, no. Picky kid is a hungry kid. That's what you always told me growing up. I did tell you that. So to this user, I would say, yeah, I mean, first of all, obviously, I'm picking fun at you a little bit. But it speaks to a broader decision-making struggle that many people have when we have too many options we get frozen it's very easy for people to freeze up in the decision making process whereas i imagine 
that if you were presented with only two options every time you were going to go eat, you would have a much easier time. Do you want pizza or sushi? Most mm-hmm. people are not going to sit there and debate that for an hour. Oh, immediately, you know what you're in the mood for. Oh if gosh. if I give you a hundred different options, it's 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 hard, right? So here's what I do personally. What I do is I outsource the decision making, right? Because this getting frozen with all of the options could be a sign of decision fatigue. For me, when I started my own business, I immediately had more decisions to make than I had ever had before. And so when I started to go out, I would notice that I would not, I wouldn't know what to do. I, w- I re- could not order a meal. I would sit there and go, oh my gosh, I got to read this whole menu. There's so many options. Do I want cheese? Do I want no cheese? Do I want extra spicy salsa? Do I not want the salsa? Oh. And so I would simply ask the waiter, I go, what's your favorite meal? Mm-hmm. And then they'd give me an option. And I'd go, what's the most popular? And it would either be the same meal or it'd be different. And then I would choose between those two. Or if... They gave me a hard time and they were like, oh man, I don't know. Everything's good. I go, you know what? You pick. If everything's good, oh, you pick. I hate that answer, by the way, from a waiter. Like, he's, yeah, well, they're well, wrong. They shouldn't, yeah. they shouldn't, they, they need to, you know, give me some more direction. Yeah. But, the, but, you know, at the end of the day, it, it, what's going to happen? Are you going to die and go to hell because you ordered the wrong flavor of soup on Thursday's lunch? No. It's just food. <laughs> just pick something, move on. Well, I, I got more important decisions to make than what type of cheeseburger I'm going to eat today. Well, I so think it is. I think it that. is decision fatigue. If you go to a place that that has a lot of good selections, there is that decision overload, that information overload, and so it makes it makes it difficult. But I think your framework of asking the, the waiter or waitress. Look, it's it, not about asking, is, it's it, not about a waiter. It's it's in life. You've got to recognize what decisions are not that important. Okay, it's not that important to decide to waste your brain power on what you're going to eat today. It's no, not clearly. that important to waste your brain power on what you're going to wear today. So if you're struggling at those, you've got to change the process that's causing you to get stuck up in that decision time, right? So if you're saying every time I go out to eat, I'm struggling to make a decision on what to eat, then change the way you approach that decision. So say, I'm going to let the waiter decide, or I'm going to let my wife decide for me. Or I'm going to I'm gonna ask them a couple of questions and then the answer is going to be based on that. Whatever it is. Also, if you're struggling to make decisions on, you know, other things in your life, in your business um, that are recurring each day, change how you approach the decision. The answer is rarely going to be, oh, this is how you find the right and correct answer you know, at the end of the decision-making process, because the way that the question is framed is, oh, how do I decide? How do I get to a point of decision? Well, if you're struggling with indecision, then don't try to necessarily be more decisive. Create an objective formula that's going to answer that for you. Well, I I think if there are, if you look at something and it's not going to matter five years down the road, just make the decision. Who right. cares? Yeah, right. it, it doesn't matter. Now, but but one of the things that this person is asking is how do they make decisions more quickly? They're wanting to make decisions more quickly and not get caught. Well, I think up it's in the same answer. The so it's the same answer. Um, if you wanted to make decisions more quickly, simply make one. If you know that it's not going to matter, you're talking about something right. that in this case isn't going to matter in five years. Okay. Right. So when you're talking about something that isn't going to matter even in one year, even in one month, 
simply pick something and move on. It, if you're talking about decisions that will matter in the future, you're talking about, oh, should I buy this house or not? And you're worried about speed. Maybe you sit and ruminate on whether to buy a house for six months and you can't make a decision. That's a different answer. You can't approach big life decisions, say, oh, I'm going to make these quicker, so I'm simply going to pick something because it doesn't really matter. No, you've got to recognize that on some level, you might not be able to make quicker decisions. You might not be someone whose strength is making fast decisions, and that's okay. We don't need a world of people who are like me who just make choices. I'm going to make quick choices, and I'm going to be wrong a lot of the time. People who are more cautious naturally, like this person, are less likely to make mistakes. They're also going to make a lot fewer decisions. So for the decisions that matter, don't be afraid to, you know, choose the wrong breakfast food this morning. It doesn't really matter. Move on. For big choices, maybe you need to bring an advisor in. Maybe you need to rely on the people on your team, whether it's at work, your partner, your wife, your parents, whoever it is who's in your corner and help them, you know, have them help you got, get to a point of decision, make decision confidence a little bit quicker. Um, it sounds like this person simply is not a quick decision maker. So for inconsequential decisions, I would say the answer is make decisions quick. Then you're going to get comfortable with being decisive knowing that at the end of the day, if I get it wrong, it's not going to be the end of the world. And then you'll be able to make big decisions faster, although that necessarily isn't the primary goal. I I think there are some people who have a relationship with uncertainty uh, where they're not as afraid of it, let's say, and they'll, they'll embrace uncertainty in the way that they move through life and strive to accomplish things is in that relationship with uncertainty. And some people uh, will avoid it. They'll sort of be the brake in the car and some people will be more the gas pedal. You know, and you've met people like this who are very accepting of getting up and giving a speech, you know, or let's try something or let's innovate. Let's try this new app. Let's go to this new restaurant. And some people are the opposite. Some people are, well, this is the way we used to do it. This is, uh, if it ain't broke, don't fix it type, type people. And those are unlikely to change. And so I I think when you look at somebody who's saying, I want to make decisions more quickly, I think it's important for them to recognize they probably won't ever be one of those types of people. Uh, They're not going to go from being a type of person who is uh, more risk avoidant to a person who embraces uncertainty. And so in that, that can be difficult when you're looking at um, making a decision and getting a framework like what you talked about, getting somebody who makes decisions more quickly can be helpful. Uh, setting a time frame for the decision making out there, I'm going to make the decision by this point, can also be useful. All right, I got another one for you. This is uh, from uh, Lance Vance, 1986. This this might be too big for us to tackle. This this is a nothing. Uh, nothing's too big. You, you think? All right, hear this. Uh, which religion should I convert to? Christianity. All right. I am trying to find. No, there you go. I don't know. No, we're done. I, Christianity. <laughs> Why would I? No, you want to hear the rest no, of this? No. You want to hear the rest no. of this? Which religion should I convert to? Well, the one that's hold, right. Hold on. 
I'm trying to find meaning and purpose in my life by finding religion to worship. After two years of in-depth analysis and research, I finally narrowed it down to three, (laughs) but I'm struggling to decide. Here are my three options. All right, they're asking for you to pick their religion uh, from three options. Mormonism, Scientology, Jehovah's Witness. Well, none of those. Okay. They all seem so convincing but there can only be one ultimate truth. So which one is the ultimate truth? All right. Well, first of all, first of all, you're right. You got to pick between these first three of all, is these what it says. Three absolutely not similar religions. Uh, <laughs> so I, the, the fact that this person has kind of narrowed it down to three things that are wildly different. You know, I'm not the theological expert on Scientology by any means, or even Jehovah's Witness or the Church of Latter-day Saints. You're not an expert. I'm on not any an of expert these, yeah. on these. I would say the fact that you've arrived at three so vastly different answers shows that you're you're probably seeking the wrong version of truth. If that's what you're saying, they all seem so true. Well, they necessarily exclude each other, mm-hmm. right? So um, that indicates to me that maybe. The filtering for your own examination is not where it should be. And that's not an insult to any of these three religions. Obviously. Well, any religion. Listen, listen, listen. I'm not, I'm Christian. So I'm making a joke, right? A bit that you derailed um, (laughs) about pick pick that and move on. You know, pick what is most true and, and stick with that. I'm not saying this to insult people who are members of the, you know, Jehovah's Witness or, or whatever, um, but they're not Mormons and they're not close to Mormons and Mormons are not Jehovah's Witness and Scientologists are neither one. So if you've you've come to a point where, gee, oh, golly gee, I can't quite decide, then that means that you don't fully believe the truth of any of the three. You don't get to just choose. <laughs> oh, well, let me just pick one. Well, d- you look at your analysis. Your analysis is obviously not thorough enough if you've arrived at a point where they all seem true. Mm-hmm. Now, this is an area where you can't, like my answer to the last question, you can't simply pick something and stick with it. Be, be more critical with your own questioning. Ask harder questions. Don't accept everything that you're given. Ask harder questions. That, that's my answer. Let's wrap it up there. All right. I feel like you could do a whole show on that. <laughs> On what that question? On that question, um, you know, if somebody was born in a different part of the world, they'd probably have three different choices. They narrowed it down to. I still don't understand how you're going to get to those three. Well, no, any religion is going to naturally believe it has to that that religion is the truth, and by definition, that the other religions who think differently do not have the truth. And so, I, I think you have to figure out, you know, what are you, what are you trying to get to? by embracing the religion what do you what do you want to get your turn i think everybody and regard we're in a culture now that is really rejecting objective truth which is going to have negative dramatically negative consequences you when you are seeking to find a religion you are what you are doing is you're looking for divine truth you're looking for the highest version of truth possible For sure. And yes, for someone who pursues truth like you, you are going to see that and say, well, any one religion necessarily is going to exclude other religions from that pursuit of truth. 
um, whether or not you think people who don't believe my religion go to a fiery burning hell or not, you have to agree that they're believing in something that's less true than what you believe. Otherwise, why would you not believe that? Why would you not believe, why would you not pursue the thing that's more true than yours? And, and we're at a place where now people see, there's this idea that kind of permeates our society where, no, I believe what you believe you, I believe what I believe you believe what you believe. None is, is better or worse. None is more true or less true than the other. It's just different, man. It's just different. And no, it can't be that way because what we're doing is we're, we're pursuing truth. And unless you're willing to say that truth is subjective, then one of us has to have something that is at least slightly closer to what is the truth. And if you believe in subjective truth, then there's no point in believing any religion at all, period. Period. What do you mean subjective truth? I get to decide within my own mind and heart and soul what is true it's what's true for me is different than what's true for you objective truth is the foundation for at certainly western religion all three of which these examples fall under the umbrella of so you you can't you can't (laughs) you you can't pursue a religion at all without seeking objective truth and if you're seeking objective truth, that means there has to be one of them, which is the most true. And that means that you don't just get to go, oh, well, you know, at the flip of a coin, I can't decide. So what you're trying to do between finding these three religions, again, I might think you you, you picked the wrong three finalists, but you're going to pursue something that is the truth. The truth, which means one of them is right. Right? One of these religions is the truth. So I would say pursue it that way, not, hey, which one do I have more fun around? Which one's got an easier book to read? Or I like the people over here versus. No, no, no. You're, you're choosing a belief framework. Pick the one that's the most true. And if you can't determine which one that is, you're not being critical enough. You want a softball now after that one? Was that not the softball? <laughs> That one was easy, I thought. You think? All right. This is from uh, Sardonic Inter... I don't know. I can't even pronounce this. Uh, Sardonic Interbang. I don't know why you always struggle so much with the usernames. Uh, Because they're not (laughs) names. They are... Well, that's how the internet works. (laughs) People don't do that. They don't say username Dave (laughs) O'Brien. It'd be easier if they did. All right. Should I trade in my car I just bought, but turns out I don't like. All right. Roughly two weeks ago, I bought a 2018 Kia Soul. I had major buyer's remorse shortly afterwards. Well, I had to uh, take my take my new, boy, this is horribly written. I had to take my new car back to the dealer for uh, something minor, and they gave me a loaner, which I almost instantly liked so much better, a 2019 Kia Forte. Pros, it's one year younger, 10,000 miles less. Gets about the same mileage, yada, yada, and they go on to explain. All right, so the, basically, this guy buys a car, gets a loaner, likes the loaner better, now wants to How change. long has he had this car? Shortly, it says. How long? Like Shortly. Shortly, afterwards. like three years? Or it, he doesn't like say. Weeks? He doesn't All say. All right, well, here's the thing. I'm going to assume that you've only had this for a few weeks. If um, Two weeks ago. <laughs> two weeks ago? Okay, well, here's the good news. I'm, I'm maybe... Maybe the dealership you bought this car from that you no longer like 
has a you know no takes, maybe no sometimes they do it's two mm-hmm. weeks that's not like maybe i don't know probably not but they might um you know it's worth asking and if you go to them and say hey look like i really don't like this can we do a can we do a switcheroo here um maybe obviously you want to make sure that they're not going to buy that car back from you at the at wholesale at wholesale you know or anything other than what you paid for it um probably they're gonna say well no it's been a couple weeks sorry man but if it's a you know there's a chance if it's a small dealership maybe you know you're a nice guy uh they recognize them you know long term it might benefit the business for them to be flexible with you it's possible you better at least ask today versus waiting you know another six months um if it doesn't work out, here's the good news. If they won't take it back from you, you absolutely don't sell it back to them. You're going to lose, what, probably 15, 20% mm-hmm. just right off the top. Um, you're going to lose thousands of dollars for for this, uh, for this the privilege of getting a newer car. Um, what you do is you go, okay, this is a life lesson. I've learned a life lesson, and that life lesson is be more thorough in my car shopping experience. Be a little bit more thorough in in deciding what I do and don't like when I'm looking for a car. And maybe you can avoid that problem in the future. Sometimes in life, we get things and we go, you know what, that decision I made, it, it's not the best move I could have made. Or, you know, I, I, I chose to paint my house this color and it turns out I don't like it. Turns out I bought this car and turns out it's not as good as what I thought. That happens all the time. In order to not derail your financial life, sometimes you got to take it on the teeth and say, you know what, Um, I'm going to live with this one. I'm not going to love it. I know it's going to be better, but instead of choosing to um, stress out about what I'm missing out on or what could have been, I'm going to be happy with what I have. And the reality is you have a car. That's something to be happy about. Um, You live in a country where where it's normal for you to go buy a car. You're even, you're so privileged. You're able to think about what if the car that I have isn't quite as good and comfy as one, another one. So maybe I'll just trade it. In. You have the privilege to even be making this decision. Life ain't that bad in the grand scheme of things. Your life is pretty sweet. If you're determining which car you want to have. So use that to center yourself in the reality that things aren't as terrible for you as they could be for most people in the world choose to be happy about that and you know seven years from now when it's time to get a new car remember this experience and be a little bit more thorough uh when you're shopping there you go all right the the, this is the last one the uh, last one all right uh let's make it let me let me find a uh, just a softball in here then uh here it is from lady insane Donuts to share or not to share. Okay. Well, I already uh, know. Boy, she does not want to share her donuts. That's it? I can, well, I, I can just tell, like, why would you write this as a question? Well, if you yeah. Don't I mean, want to share your donuts. I don't if want you to want to share, share your donuts, donuts, then share your donuts. Yeah. I just bought a dozen delicious donuts. Oh, she mentions that they're delicious. Should I share them at the office this morning or eat one? Okay, two, and take the rest home for me and my family. That's that. This this person. She doesn't want to share her donuts. Just can you imagine? Can you imagine 
being so unsure of yourself, you had to go to the internet for something like this. <laughs> and whether or not you it doesn't sh- matter. You want to run? You want to share your donuts? <laughs> it doesn't matter. Who cares? I mean, how do we? I can't believe someone. Someone sat there and goes, "I don't know what to do." And there's, I like to imagine she's at a red light waiting for someone to respond to this internet thread because she doesn't know whether to go uh, go to the office or go back home with her donuts. Um, yeah, share your donuts. You know what? Here's what I would do. I'll just tell you what I would do. I don't know what, right. what's important to you. To me, health is important to me. So my rule is I, I don't take junk food home. If I have donuts... Uh, I'm going to take them over. I'm going to take them to the office. That's what I would do. All right. You know, it's not, I'm not going to be so strict to myself that I can't eat one, but I know that if I take 12 donuts home, I'm eating 12 donuts and I don't want to eat 12 donuts. So I take them. Um, that's what I would do. All right. There you go. There's you your get a little social cred. You're the, you're the chick who brought donuts and everyone likes you for like a week or two. So that's yeah. good. All right. All right. Um, you need help making decisions. You know, I got you. I got you family. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll guide your life in, in all those tough areas, whether it's, uh, buying donuts for your coworkers or, you know, <laughs> or choosing a major religion, choosing a, yeah. choosing a belief system that will be the foundation <laughs> for your life. Uh, we, we got you. You just made a great decision to listen to this episode of decidedly make another great decision and leave us a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. We appreciate your support. It helps others find our community and defeat bad decision-making in their own lives. For more daily decision-making insights, check us out at decidedlypodcast.com and on Facebook and Instagram at decidedlypodcast. Thanks again for listening. I'm Sanger Smith, and this is Decidedly. Insights, advice, and comments provided by Sean Smith, Sanger Smith, and speakers identified as part of the Decidedly podcast should not be considered recommendations. Speakers not identified as members of Decidedly are expressing their opinion, and their statements should not be construed as reflecting the views of the Decidedly team. This podcast is produced solely for informational purposes, not personalized advice.